welcome to Rael Talk, where I explore ideas about movement, music, and mindfulness to inspire and elevate your human experience. I'm your host, Britta Rael. On the show today, I'm sitting down with a dear friend and colleague of mine, Carolyn Cohen, who is one of my most trusted advisors for healing. She brings to the table 20 years of experience as a licensed acupuncturist. Uh, She holds a master's degree in traditional Chinese medicine and also serves as a clinical body worker, Thai massage educator, and somatic movement facilitator. As yoga teachers and healers, she and I wanted to share some highlights of our conversation that has been ongoing, um, but sit down and particularly discuss ideas around what we think is at the root of self-care in the context of the holiday season. We discuss some of what we consider as the most important tools for maintaining your sense of self and well-being, and offer a few mindful suggestions that we hope help you to truly enjoy the season of joy. So take some notes. Uh, There are some real gems that arise out of our conversation, and I hope that you're able to take them to heart and apply them to your life. So without any further ado, here we go. All right. Well, good morning, Carolyn. Thank you so much for spending some time with me this morning and coming on the show. My pleasure. I'm so happy to have you, and I'm so happy to be here to talk a little bit about self-care and how that's just more than a fad and how there are so many different ways that we can care for ourselves and others and how those things relate. Um, So I would love if you could just enlighten our listeners for a moment about maybe a little bit of your background and where you practice and um, what you're excited for as we're moving into this season of joy and giving. Britta, thank you so much. If you could see my face right now, you would see that I am smiling and blushing (laughs) simultaneously. Um, Yeah, we have known each other now a little bit over a decade, I think. Wow. Yeah. And I've been practicing body work for about 20 years, which is also a wow number for me when I say that. Yeah. And acupuncture for 17 years. And, you know, intuitively, I was drawn to body work as one of those friends who just wanted to help her friends or help her family. I'm, I have the helping um, persona. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> the archetype of the helper tis I. And um, psychology is in my background and social work is in my background. And so as I figured out stuff about my own body through self-massage and exploration, and I really loved anatomy, I kind of put those two together in my mind and was able to start applying that in an informal way for friends and family. And then I formalized all of that throughout the years um, when I made the change from social work into acupuncture school. I formalized my bodywork training through that program and a few others along the way. Um, One in my massage in Thailand and several others after that (laughs) as the years progressed. And at this point, you know, I'd never intended to accumulate all these skills in the healing arts, but each time another door opened, I found myself 
gobbling up the information that was contained there. So yoga teacher training, acro yoga, that whole explosion of building that practice together and um, seeing it grow and changing it and watching the population teach us what we needed to change Mm. through that. Yeah. And then teaching teacher trainings and immersions and workshops and honing my own facilitation skills through that process. Each time it just opened up another layer for me about how I show up in the world um, as a teacher and as a healer. Mm. So at this point now, wow, I am back in the Bay again, my second round living in the Bay Area living in Berkeley. I have a private practice in Oakland, California, three days a week, and a private practice in San Francisco, one day a week. And I'm also working with the uh, San Francisco Ballet Company dancers um, for massage therapy and acupuncture. So my focus is really on musculoskeletal work. It's always been really fun for me. And orthopedic acupuncture is the newest tool in my tool bag for addressing those issues. Uh, but I also love doing really subtle energetic body work and constitutional acupuncture to address the bigger sphere issues, you know, emotional issues, digestive issues, which are sometimes one in the same, and uh, more holistic constitutional treatments. Wow, I have to stop you and just say, yeah, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> because it is a lot and it is incredible to hear your succinct and diverse summary of everything that you have to offer. I mean, if, if anybody who is listening lives in the Bay Area or wants to work with you somehow remotely, like I can't emphasize enough how how much of a wisdom well and experience well you are. Um, I mean, I've had incredible treatments with you and just to have you as a voice of wisdom and information and support in my own physique and psychological and emotional Mm -hmm. um, growth has just been um, just a real gift. So I just want to, I want to say, wow, you, you really are the real deal. You have so much um, on your belt as a, as a teacher. And so I'm so stoked to talk about mm-hmm. these self-care strategies because like mm-hmm. you have your hands in every little um, pie, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, you know, we're, we're heading into this beautiful season right now. It's the mm. beginning of December in 2019. So we're kind of right in the middle of the holiday swirl. And I want to dive right into what are, what are from your perspective, you know, given your background, your most important areas or categories for maintaining a sense of self and maintaining um, a sense of health or well-being during this time, um, specifically for the holidays, and and carrying that beyond into potentially the new year. I know a lot of people get really stressed and anxious during the holidays. Um, that's not something that I have experienced a lot personally, but mm-hmm. between the pressures that society puts on us, you know, for socializing and and 
consumerism and family time and travel and just the, the end of the year sort of tying things together, um, I would love to hear from you like what what are the best tools that people can use right now from your pro- point of view to kind of like bring joy to the season when yeah. it's typically like pretty stressful, you know, and I think people get detached or disconnected from that state of joy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. I think I can distill it down into one word and yeah. that is connection. Mm. I think we get outside of ourselves, we get frazzled, we get into the details, we, we get extended, overextended, and then we lose connection, A, to ourselves. And then we get into a point where we're not really connecting with the people that we're interacting with. We're going to this event and that party and this dinner and all of the things, but missing the real through line of what this time can be, which is, you know, we can get time off of our work and our daily activities to celebrate, and I'm putting air quotes, celebrate the holidays. And so we get extra time to, that we wouldn't normally have, right? And so I think the best use of that time is to connect to the people or the activities in the ways that best sustain us. Mm. And there needs to be a personal connection and there and are also I really think needs to be an interpersonal connection because I think a lot of us are starved for quality, authentic interaction, um, you know, safe, non-sexual touch, just therapeutic touch, and the the relief and the, the kind of momentary respite that can be found in those moments of really being seen and really connecting and really being heard or holding space for somebody else. Yeah, man, you just, you just hit like so many gems. Like my whole body is tingling. Just, I feel like we can distill, like you said, all these things down into like very specific practices. And I think there's a lot of information out there about like, self-care strategies to make sure that you can survive the holidays, like make sure that you sleep enough and eat the right things and exercise and take time for yourself and do, do, get outside. Do, do, do. Yeah. It's a lot of doing. It's uh-huh. almost like an incredible extra amount of pressure to yeah. perform in this time that nature itself is telling us, Hey, like slow down. You know, mm. there's actually not much to do. There's a plenty to do. If, if that feels like it's nurturing you. Yep. And I think you hit it. You hit it saying like, it's just connection. I know for me personally, a big aspect of feeling like I'm thriving and this is applicable to the holiday season and kind of year round, but I've especially been feeling this right now lately as I'm approaching a big transition and as, as I'm kind of drawing in for the winter mm-hmm. um, has been just my, my daily meditation and that little time in the morning that I treasure above almost everything else mm-hmm. because it is the through line for me for connection. You know, it's mm-hmm. reconnecting to my, my breath and my body and kind of like sifting through and letting all my thoughts settle down and 
connecting to nature and like the rise and fall of the sun and it's just mm. like the most exquisite time and and now more than ever throughout the year i've been I, i've been on i've been on vacation all year essentially i've been taking a sabbatical with my husband you've so, also been working i've also been <laughs> working doing a lot of planning for our I've retreat been, i will yes give you those props <laughs> yes which we'll talk about later but um yeah. This time now feels like we're we're yeah. back home in the desert, mm -hmm. and we've been a little bit more grounded, a little bit more stable, not traveling, not doing a lot, and so right, yeah. That that morning time has just made me feel a, truly joyful, like truly ecstatic. You know, I wake up at four in the morning sometimes, or five in the morning, whatever is like that little moment before anything else is even awake, and I get up and I have this little feeling inside of me like oh i can't wait i can't wait it's to do my special, practice it? it's so yeah. special yeah. and i think that's been really something that has given me um a sustainable way to tap into my inner joy my essence mm -hmm. so yeah well as a segue i will say I don't like to get up at four in the morning necessarily <laughs> unless I'm at an ashram in India and I, I applaud you and, and kind of um, I steep in that when I'm next to you. Do you know mm, what I mean? Mm. Like, uh, like just by proxy, I feel like I get to, to soak some of that up. However, a coping strategy that's really important for me when I'm in the mix with my family which I also really enjoy. I don't feel stressed about going to spend extended time with my family, I do it on a regular basis. But I also know that I will start to get a little grumpy if I don't have enough of my own personal time because personal time, solo time is so vital yeah. for my being. So I wake up before anyone else in the household, even if it's, you know, 7 a.m. Right? Yes, it's your perfect time, your perfect, perfect treasure time. time. <laughs> <laughs> and just have hopefully up to an hour of number one, quiet time where I'm not talking or interacting with anyone. And B, time to get stuff done in my own life, you know, yeah. because I, I think when we get into these holiday situations and there's so much going on, it can be part of the stress for folks and certainly for myself I'm speaking for where I'm losing track of the other parts of my life that are continuing on the never ending to-do list. Yes. A and B just also feeling nourished by the time with myself, just hearing my own thoughts, just yeah. processing my own experience. You know, when we're constantly in engagement with everyone else, we don't have that time to process our own experience. So strategy for anybody who's listening, who feels like they get overwhelmed by so much family interaction, wake up before the kids do. Wake up before everybody else does. Take yes. that time with your tea or your coffee or your hot water and lemon and just be with yourself. Yes. And, and put that above, put that really as a priority. Put that above mm -hmm your head, so to speak, because yeah. I know for me, I, I, I don't have children. I have a wonderful little fuzzy fur baby and my husband and I have a very simple 
um, lifestyle and day-to-day routine or regimen. So it's, it's less complicated than many other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easy for me to be like, yeah, I get up early and it's quiet and I live in the desert and it's beautiful. For someone that's like, I'm a city dweller and I have three kids and job and life and family and, you know, yeah, prioritize it. However that works for that person, that's the, that's the gold. If it means getting up earlier, if it means staying up a little bit later, if it means like literally sneaking away somehow, sneaking away for 30 minutes during the day where you can go and have a cup of coffee by yourself, like I think it is. Taking the dog for a walk. Yeah, there's so many ways that you can make an excuse to go have private time. (laughs) Exactly. It's great. You know, hey, no problem. I'll take the dog for a walk. It's my turn, right? Like volunteer yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, people might want to come with you. And that's honestly a really good time to kind of practice boundaries. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is maybe another segue into some of the other, other things that we want to get to in terms of how do we. Um, maintain ourselves, yeah. <laughs> you know, and maintain the joy in ourselves and our own self nourishment, self care when we're when we're with family or or over socialized, is saying in a really kind way. Actually, I'd love to just go for a walk right now. Can we walk together later? Mm-hmm. And it's not always so easy to do, even though it might sound easy to say. Yeah. A friend of mine that I was speaking with recently, um, we were talking a little bit about, you know, how it it can also feel sometimes like we're trapped in these relationship um, roles or patterns. Mm -hmm. And she said something so profound that was so simple. She's like, yeah, sometimes I find that if I'm feeling really triggered by something in my relationship, whether that's an intimate romantic relationship or family or whatever, I'll just like take a step back and say to myself, like, well, what if I was single right now? Or what if I was like by myself at home, you know, my friend or my partner is out of town, what would I be doing? And for her, it was a way to come back to and realize the things that gave her the most joy. She's like, I would go to the rock climbing gym, you know, for an hour, or I would go take my dog for a walk or cook a meal, you know, for myself. And I think it's, mm-hmm. it's easy to forget that we still have a lot of autonomy mm-hmm. and, and potential for, for silence, even, even as we are interacting with others. You know, sometimes we've been on this, um, this we call it the spring break train you know we we live right right close to some really good friends and so almost every night of the week we come over to someone's house and we're all hanging out making dinner and listening to music and hanging out playing cards at night and that's wonderful because it's so socializing and it's nourishing it's fun but often i will volunteer to cook dinner or do the dishes mm-hmm. because it gives me that little moment of silence while everyone else is like sitting around the fire joking and and talking Mm -hmm. or whatever for Mm -hmm. me to just kind of settle and so that's something that comes up a lot I think people struggle with being single or like not not being okay with just themselves because there's so much like you said frenetic energy during this time um that's a great that's a great way to just re-tap in Yeah, you know, and this might be extremely personal, but 
I'll just share it here and, and we can see where it lands. Frenetic energy, speaking of that, I move slower than anybody else in my family. I eat slower, I process decisions slower. It's just a known fact. Mm. And it used to be, yeah, it used to be sort of an issue, let's say. Now it's just a known fact. And so one of the things I do as to take care of that is when a plan is coming together, you know, and there's uh, five to seven people weighing in on this plan, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of step back from that. And then once I see where the plan is coming, I say, okay, great. What's their timeline for this? Or when are we leaving for that? Right? And so it gives me the sense of knowing when that thing's going to happen so that I can pre prepare. Yeah. Pre game right? yourself. <laughs> I can pre game myself. Or I can say, okay, I'm going to need 20 minutes heads up before X happens. Yeah. You know, so that I don't get caught up in that frenetic energy. And I know that, okay, yeah, I've got the time to move at the pace that works for me mm. so that I don't feel like I'm getting pushed around or just running to the next thing, do, 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 right? Because I know my pace is not everybody's pace. No problem. And so when did you realize that for yourself? Because you said it's kind of always been <laughs> known in your family that you're like, you run at a little slower tempo. So- <laughs> It's, when it's did a I practice of I awareness. Could, well, when did you realize, yeah, well, that you can, you can have the self-knowledge mm. to recognize and be in awareness that, wow, okay, I don't want to become a victim of this frenetic energy and nor do I have to. So here's my boundary. But when, when did that become like a really real tangible quality for you in your in your state of awareness and and maybe how did you help yourself to develop that ability in terms of when it's a little hard to pin down it's right. certainly been there for a good number of decades i think mm. the why is easier to describe and i give props to my mother mm. yeah she is a marriage and family therapist and we have been actively working on our relationship, not in therapy together, but with one another, mm. with one another in a really active way for 30 years, mm. no, no less. Um, and so we have the great <laughs> fortune <laughs> of being able to push each other, trigger each other and push each other's boundaries in a lot of ways. So we always have stuff to talk about and work on. And this came up years ago. And I, I think just through her awareness, she, she helped me see that, that that is a difference we have. And then I was able to ask for what I needed around it more. Once I could get out of the state of being triggered, you know, that something is wrong with me because I'm slower than everybody else, or I need to change that. Um, but just to say, no, I don't need to change it. And I will ask for something in support of my process. And I will also say that I'll be cognizant of everybody else's process too. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the kind of that's connected to yourself and you're connected to others. You know, yeah. like it's yeah. not always just about what do I need and what do I do and here are my firm boundaries, but like, how am I being 
compassionate and thoughtful and accommodating to a certain extent to the people that are around me that I'm interacting with that I care about. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I can imagine for a bunch of folks who don't have that clear communication with their family members and they're entering into, you know, say like five days of spending mm -hmm. holiday time together, something like this, it could be a really good strategy to at the beginning of the time, like sit down with everybody and say, all right, like, what do we get to do with our time? Oh, okay, we've got, uh, you know, Uncle Larry's party on this night and this other event on that night, da, 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 and get a broad picture of what these next five days entail. And then it also gives the individual an opportunity to say, cool guys, and I am gonna take myself to yoga class. I found this great class, you know, in the style that I like to practice. And you could say, if anyone wants to join me, come on. Or you could leave it just right there. Say, this is a time I'm carving out for myself. You know, it'll be, it'll be in two days for, for an hour and a half, can I borrow your car or whatever you need to do, right? Yeah. Like just to put it out there in advance. So it's known and it's also part of the plan and it's embraced in that way. Hopefully. Yeah. I think that's pretty good information for, you know, throughout the, throughout the year or throughout your life, um, Gosh, yeah. like how to integrate these positive necessary habits or patterns or like boundaries for oneself throughout the year, especially, you know, you and I travel extensively for our, our work and profession and, and interests. I'm sure a lot of people travel or have, you know, other complicated lifestyle regimes, regiments, um, structure, just any type of structure, whether, whether that maintains consistency throughout your year or whether there are ebbs and flows to your, your month or your week or your quarter, I think creating a little bit of structure that says, yeah, I'm going to go to this class once a month or I'm going to have around the same sleep time every day or anything really that comes up that gives you the sense of something that you can rely upon mm -hmm. to reconnect. Yeah, right. Because we all have great plans for ourselves around New Year's resolutions. And then sure. what happens? Right? Life. <laughs> Life happens. Yeah. And our patterns creep back in. And um, yeah, I like to set reminders in my calendar, even of, say, uh, you know, yoga classes that I want to go to, right? Mm. I just put them in my calendar uh, under a specific label, mm. and then I know they're there. And so when I'm looking ahead at my week, I can actually map out, oh, wow, I'm going to be working full on for these three days. Ah, okay. But I know that on the fourth day, there's a yoga class here and a yoga class there and a movement class. Okay, cool. I'm going to choose one of those and map it into my week. Right. So that I don't overschedule myself. I'm guilty of that. Yeah. So I think calendar um, you know, reminders are a good way to keep that, those healthy patterns in progress for an extended period of time, not just a month after your New Year's resolution. Um, like and also patterns also, in progress, patterns in progress. Did I say that? Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> Great. Because I always say like the progress is in the process. 
So if you're thinking about something that you want to change or something that you want to implement or just something that you love, Mm -hmm. doing it once or twice or 30 times is wonderful, but doing it consistently over time, no matter what, if it changes in frequency or regularity, like just the progress is in the process. There's patterns. Mm -hmm. Patterns take time. It's like not, it's not, it's very linear or it's very, um, yeah, time sensitive mm. to create a pattern that does serve you and to figure out what works and what doesn't work and, and to, not, to not be attached to what that pattern or, or desire is right now. You know, this week, I'm going to go to the gym four times. Well, that didn't happen because yeah. other things came up. It doesn't mean that I can't try that again next week or... Yeah. Be okay with going two times and getting in as much as possible for my, you know, workout or whatever example. So I love that patterns in progress. Well, and this is just the thing with family too, right? Yeah. If, especially if we only see our family once or twice a year for these concentrated periods of time, you better believe that those old patterns are definitely in progress, you know, right? And the conversation that you had with your brother-in-law last year, it might trickle back in this year again, right? Because we don't have that consistency of attending to that relationship to tease things, these things out in a slow and steady fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, wow, what a really good opportunity for staying grounded and practicing boundaries and practicing breathing, and hearing ourselves say the words that support us in the moment of being faced with those patterns. And sometimes we can't really catch it until we're already sort of swimming in the muck of like, oh man, how did we get here? Suddenly I'm in a semi-heated debate with this person over this topic that I didn't even realize we were talking about. (laughs) You, You feel me? Yeah, very much. Yeah. For me, meditation. Yeah. When I am doing a consistent meditation practice, and I say doing very lightly, kind of like you said, mm-hmm. the air quotes, you don't do meditation. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not something that you actually actively do. It, it is a state, much like joy, that can become everlasting um, mm. the more and more that you pattern it. So it's not like I sit and I do my meditation. Okay, 20 minutes done, check. Like, right. No, I, I sit and I allow the meditation to become me for 20 minutes every day so that more and more it's easier for me to tap into that state. I say that because the more that I consistently tap into that well, that connection, that through line, which for me is meditation, mm-hmm. it creates it gives me a sense that I am actually time traveling and I'll break this down. When I meditate, there's the sense of spaciousness between what my mind and particularly my body are telling me in terms of input Mm 
and what's actually happening in reality. So there's a bit of distance or space that starts to arise. And this, t- this comes with a lot of practice. Like if you are new to meditation or you have maybe your own like creative practice or process that you go through, maybe you've experienced this, with more frequency, that space, that distance between like my reactions or my attachment to like what I think is really real and happening based on my mind and my body increases over time. And so whatever your default mode is, the more and more that I'm practicing and tapping into that well of meditation, the more and more I'm able to actually experience that spaciousness between my reaction and my response. And it's a conscious change. So that's something that I rely on a lot, especially during these times that are a little bit more intense or chaotic. Like, can I, can I check myself consciously before I respond so that I don't have that default, default mode? That's it. And for people who don't have a meditation practice, breathing is essential. Yeah, and that's one one question I had. You've mentioned the word a couple of times, like staying grounded during this time. Yeah. And I think that word gets tossed around a lot, at least in my particular field or industry and, and community. What is that from your experience, you know, having so much experience psychologically, emotionally, energetically, physically in your practices as a body worker and acupuncturist and healer? What does that mean? Like, What does staying grounded mean? And what are maybe like three ways that you have Mm. been able to implement that for yourself and maybe for your clients? That's a great question, Britta. Once upon a time when I was in college and I was having a particularly um, fraught relationship with my boyfriend and I found myself in those moments of overload and Mm -hmm. overwhelm. And I, and I sought help. I, I talked to um, a therapist I had been seeing at that time just to say, like, what is that? And how do I get out of that? And how, how is it possible that I can go from a perfectly reasonable conversation to suddenly feel like I'm just kind of floating in this mm-hmm. murky space, right? And she literally said, feel your feet on the ground. Mm. So I think the first thing is, yeah, when you get, when a person gets triggered, oh my God, can't believe they said that. And then you just sort of shoot back a reaction and you realize you've shot back a reaction. <laughs> yeah. You may not be ready to, to, to change course or apologize or something like this, but you, you can tell you're getting triggered is immediately feel your body. Maybe you put your hands on your body or put your hands on something that's solid and ground into that solidity of that mm-hmm. structure. And if you can, feel down even further into your feet. Ideally, feet on, you know, uncovered on the floor so you can actually feel through the skin of your feet. But if you have shoes on, for whatever reason, feel the weight of your body mm. through your feet on the floor. That's one way to come back into ourselves and get grounded, quote unquote. Um, certainly outside time is really important too, you know, and I get that if we're traveling to a place that's snowy and cold, outside time might be a little more challenging. But but, equally amazing. But equally amazing. Yeah, totally. And fun too. I mean, 
just just get in there or get out there <laughs> really and, and make a fun activity out of being outside right yeah. um but yeah equally amazing just the splendor of of that time even though it may not be everybody's favorite um it's still really gorgeous and the quiet oh my gosh okay we're getting off track but um you asked me three things and so nature is one feeling solid surface and your own body hands mm. on your body feeling the weight of your body uh is two um and you mentioned breath. And, and breath is really, yeah. yeah, breath is really actually number one, right? But in the list here, it falls in number three, just as I'm, I'm speaking off the cuff. For sure, deep, full breaths. And even when you feel like you can't take a full breath because you're already triggered and your, your sympathetic nervous system is starting to kick in, breathe into the space where you can. I always just say that. Just breathe mm -hmm. the amount that you can. And let that be enough for right now. You know, that feeling of, of a compressed chest, restricted breathing is scary. And it, it's also a really physical feeling that you cannot take enough air in. Right. right. So you just, I advise you breathe to the point that you can and exhale through an open mouth. Let the jaw drop, open the lips. Just let the breath fall out of your open mouth on the exhale. I think that helps a lot. And then really, those are all literal resets Oh, for yeah. the physical body, which relates to every single system that Cell. you experience uh -huh. as a human being. And then the psychological, energetic, spiritual bodies, you know, those are all literal resets as if you turned your iPhone off when the button mm. is frozen and you can't download your emails. You're like, yeah. why is my phone not working? turn it off, touch the ground, take a breath, mm -hmm. go outside. Oh my gosh. Yes. I can, I can feel it right now. Right. Me too. I already reset. Yeah. 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 And a word that can also help in the reset and in the diffusing of those moments, uh, we're talking moments of trigger, moments when we're outside of ourselves, when we're not feeling super connected to ourselves. Um, if there's a moment of trigger and someone's trying to engage you in something, simply saying, okay. Mm. Or, okay, but let's get back to this later. Mm -hmm. Right? So it just, it puts that person who might be coming at you, it just says to them, pause, mm -hmm. without putting your hand up in their face. <laughs> and it sets the boundary for oneself to say, I need to revisit this. So I, I need this to stop right now, but I'm not putting a hard stop on it. I'm just saying, please pause. Let's come back to this later when I have more of a sense of myself. Right? Mm -hmm. Maybe what needs to happen is that I need to walk outside away from this conversation so I can reset my nervous system, feel grounded in myself again, check in with, do I want to do that thing? Or what is it about that conversation that's bothering me? Oh, it brings up this other thing, or I need to set a boundary here. Okay, then I can walk back in and approach it with a bit of freshness. And of course, you know, these are all practices. We, you know, we have to see how it really goes in real life when you're setting a boundary with a person who maybe didn't respect your boundaries to begin with. But that's where you establish the pattern. That's where you that's effectively 
practice the pattern for the me process uh-huh yeah very relevant even in the last week even in the last two months even in the last year mm-hmm. i feel like i'm a completely different person like physiologically speaking because mm. of these meditative like awareness practices mm. um hopefully my husband can vouch for that i'll i'll def- <laughs> defer for his um confirmation of that or not later but i feel because of these practices grounded practices daily meditation little simple strategies for kind of like self-care or winning over my past self from the day before or the moment before Mm -hmm. i really truly feel that i have changed and it's because i'm able to slowly 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 incrementally create those reset moments. And that is a incredible um, psychological tool. You know, like I'm stepping outside of a pattern that felt very autonomic, mm-hmm. whatever the reaction was, even if it's just within myself, like getting mad at myself or being impatient or um, going too quickly, you know, now I'm able to kind of have that external and internal conscious awareness that's wrapped up from meditation to to create new patterns and it it takes a while but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to take a while it's very very effective and very profound if you commit to those little simple strategies you know daily and you're and you're connected and you're you're just practicing awareness all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes we need an ally. Sometimes we really need to phone a friend, right? And so maybe, again, in the context of uh, family time that might be fraught with some challenges for folks, either, you know, go in with your ally there. Maybe it's a cousin or, uh, you know, a family member that you really align with, right? And you're just like, hey, if you see me starting to lose my cool, or if you see me, if you see this interaction starting to happen, you know, look out for me, right? You could do it like that. Or setting up phone conversations, uh, you know, phone meetings with friends, especially if the family interaction is really enveloping and you feel like you kind of can't get out of all of the family stuff, the doing, 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 the going here and all the activities. It can be a great time to say, oh, hey, guys, uh, you know, for this half an hour, I've made some time to speak with my dear friend who I rarely get to talk to. And so I wanted to connect with her around this holiday time, something like this. Yeah. So you know you have this touchstone that's outside of your immediate environment. Yeah. And this is, it's a perfectly reasonable time to do that. This is the time when we want to reach out to people and circling back, connect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's a, that's a strategy that I think uh, that I hope people will find valuable in terms of getting out of that overload. Yeah, mm-hmm. we are in getting- a wonderful place uh, yeah. that we are at this great segue. <laughs> Carolyn and I have spent the last year essentially um, designing and dreaming and put producing this. Uh, retreat that we're putting on in in January of this coming year, 2020. 
And I think this is just a cool time to talk about that because as much as we can recommend these strategies or kind of give an overview of how to help people survive and thrive, you know, during the holidays and, and particularly in the new year, the reason why we have created this particular event is exactly for that, to give people who maybe want more in-person, hands-on practice time mm. to come together in an environment that is extracted from their normal schedule, environment, situation, and to retreat and to recharge and to have us as facilitators and we'll call ourselves friends to rely mm -hmm. on and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this, mm -hmm. you know, and I need during this four or five day experience of retreat, I need, I need your help to work on this. Mm -hmm. Or it, it's an opportunity for us to really impart the, the, the practices, the physical practices, the emotional practices, like the tools that we have um, for people to really gain some, I don't know, some repetition. Yeah. <laughs> To be able to say, wow, you know, I, I trust that I can do this bicep curl, for lack of a better example, sure. in the gym with my personal trainer. But when I go home and I do the bicep curl, I want to make sure that I still do it right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why what this retreat is about. So I if you want to tag team and talk a little bit about our event, it's just I'm really excited for it. And I, I hope that that enthusiasm comes across for people that are listening, not as just a, hey, please sign up for this event that we really need you to come to to fill right. up. It's right. like, I'm ecstatically overflowing with yeah. my desire to help and shape and share yeah. these tools. And I know that you, you are in that same place too. Yeah, this is the only retreat I'm offering this year. I think that might be the same for you. We decided to do it based on our own experience at Playa Viva when we went there to check it out and felt what was happening for us. And I remember it might have been day two, but we looked at each other and we both had this moment of recognition like, girl, I can see your face changing, right? Yeah. We could see the the stress or just the, you know, the daily life stuff starting to fade away and it faded rapidly. Mm. There's something really potent about that land and that environment and even the organization of all the spaces, you know, the feng shui literally of that place. And the heart is so huge there. Mm. They really, they really walk their talk. That's what came that's what I got the most from uh, meeting the owner and talking with the staff and being in the full experience of it uh, with retreat leader eyes, not just participant eyes, you know, was that it's very authentic What the, the good vibes are real. Everybody's in it. Everybody's valued and appreciated. Yeah. Right. So we went there, had incredible um, connection. <laughs> connection, yes, to ourselves, to the water, to the land, to the baby sea turtles, to the food. And we're just stoked to create this for ourselves and for everybody else. So yeah, we're not putting it out there as one of many um, uh, you know, retreat opportunities that we have. It's 
solely our desire to share skills of self and interpersonal connection with other folks. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. And, yeah. I spoke with a friend who we were just talking about some of the stressors that she's facing coming up in this, this next year, um, going back to school and having just a lot of stuff coming up. And, and I mentioned, you know, the retreat and I said, don't you think it would be, don't you think it would be really useful that you proactively, like you said, Carolyn, plan into your calendar uh-huh. these opportunities, whether that's like a daily reminder or a, an, an event or, a, or an activity to create like the stability, the strength, the peace of mind, the, the reset that you say that you need mm-hmm. and to proactively preempt that going into the battle, you know, yeah. like, don't you think that the guy from Braveheart before he goes into battle, <laughs> He hopefully takes a couple of days to let his wounds from the last battle heal and to get a good meal in his belly and to hopefully sleep a little bit and then also to kind of like ramp himself up. And I see this event particularly and any event, any retreat experience should feel like I'm intentionally withdrawing from my normal day-to-day regimen in order to reconnect to the values, the practices, and the state of being that feels most natural to me and that will empower me to have energy and clarity and strength going forward into X, Y, and Z, whatever's coming up. So I want to put in a little shout out for my youngest sister. Yeah. She and I have conversations about self-care all the time. (laughs) And, um, you know, self-care was the new black, right? And and now it's just, it's not necessarily hip anymore. It just is what we need on a daily. Absolutely. And, yeah. And so she started talking to me about what she does for her future self. Mm-hmm. What she say, what would future Barbara like to have, you know, on her commute home or something like this? So she'll, she'll just uh, text me or call me up with the little things she does for her future self. And I love that so much. And this retreat is absolutely that, right? Yeah. We're going through holiday season. Yeah. People are going to do all the things that they do and they're going to get through it. And then they might be sitting there kind of with their head spinning like, whoa, what now? I need a break from my break. Right? So yeah. the timing of this is, a, is really crucial if people can think about let me think my life through, um, at this point, it's just a couple months ahead of time, right? But where, where do I think I'm going to need to be in support of myself after all this holiday business? Yeah, what through? does the February, Carolyn, want to feel like? <laughs> right, right, exactly. she doesn't want to feel like the November, Carolyn. No, no, she doesn't, right? Yeah. And so, like we would say in Akron Yoga, reverse engineer it, right? Where do I want to be in February? Okay, well, I got to plan some other things in, put some other things in the works so that I will be refreshed and rejuvenated and feeling um, really clear with my intentions for the year going forward. Yes. Reverse engineer that shit. Yes, totally. 
We'll include a lot of um, details for our retreat in the show notes. So if anybody that's listening, if that resonates and you'd like to join us, we still have a few spots. Um, obviously, there'll be tons of information. You can learn more about what we're doing, where it is, and how to get there, and when when to be there, and all that stuff. But um, I think that's just a, a really nice takeaway is just think about your future self. Like yeah. as you're going through holidays or you're going through life, like if you're looking ahead and you want to imagine like really thriving through, yeah. through and beyond this joyful state of the year or time of the year, um, consider all these strategies because it takes a little effort. It doesn't take a lot. It takes mm-hmm. a little effort to make a remarkable difference in how you feel and how you show up and, and how you're connected or connecting. Yeah. And I have to say one thing I'm really excited about for this retreat is it's very easy to get to. Yeah. And, mm-hmm, and the time frame it's over the MLK, MLK holiday weekend, right? So there's a little more spaciousness in there, even though it's four days. Each day feels really, really spacious. And we've designed it such that there's plenty of doing, there's plenty of body movement and interaction, but also scripted quiet time, scripted non-doing time. I think you and I also intentionally scheduled a two-hour siesta um, (laughs) every day, and that's not for our retreat participants. If you want to take a nap during it, go ahead, but that's mostly for us to be like, we're optimizing our self-care and we need some yeah. sleep because we up early and we up late taking yeah. care of you guys. <laughs> well, it's, it's really for us as well as for them. I yes. mean, that's the thing. Like, we had so much fun and so much rejuvenation for ourselves. It was a no-brainer. Like, yeah, of course we want other people to experience this and we want to be their facilitators in that in that process and bring the gifts that we have in addition to the gifts that are already there on the land, in the food, just in the air. Um, there's so much we could really keep talking about, Britta. It's, it's really fun. I'm so glad that you asked me to do this with you because it's definitely been a growing edge for me. And now I just want to do more. So you might have you might have a podcast convert over here. <laughs> as much as you'd like, I would love to have you back on the show and we can even go into more depth in terms of your work as an acupuncturist and a body worker and a total osteopathic healer nerd. Um, I would love to pick your brain more on that at another time. Okay. I, I already have some notes. Good. Good. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Carol. Um, I love you and I adore you. Oh, and um, we'll leave a bunch of show notes at the bottom of the podcast. So if you're interested in learning a little bit more about Carolyn, um, you can find like her website and her Instagram and other events that are coming up in and around the Bay area. So, so for those of you that have questions or want to continue participating in our conversation, maybe indirectly, um, leave a comment on the podcast and we can incorporate that as a future topic or we'd love to have maybe a potential future um, video live session or if you're interested in like learning more about the retreat and and what what you need going into that we'd love to obviously take your needs into consideration and your desires so that we can better incorporate our 
our gifts um, as a way to share. Thanks for listening to Rael Talk. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season with friends and family. Sending everyone my love and blessings.